Welcome back to the Jojatorium. You know who it is. It's the King with the boys, Adam and Matt, and we are bringing you a completely jam-packed episode. The world of wrestling is a buzz. Uh, but before we start diving into that, we are going to talk to you about the beer that we're going to have throughout the episode. Uh, I was supposed to be the good person here and bring something, but Adam swooped in with the save. So, Adam, please let the people know we are going to be drinking throughout this episode. Sure thing. I can't show up empty-handed. You know that. <laughs> so, I brought uh, Necromancer Brewing Company's Poker Face Black IPA. It was just released yesterday. Wonderful. Uh, so, I swung up there and got some. They're up in the North Hills uh, area of Pittsburgh right now. Okay. Um, they're just doing to-go can sales. Uh, they're across from the old country wine, like... Right off McKnight Road, not too far off. McKnight okay, Road. McKnight Road's pretty accessible too. From yeah, yeah, yeah. Just about anywhere. Um, so yeah, it's a black IPA. Like I said, uh, their head brewer is Lauren Hughes. Mm -hmm. uh, she was there with the assistant brewer Mikey yesterday. And oh, wonderful. We're very kind and wanted our feedback on this, so cool. I will probably be sending them a text after the we're done recording yeah. the episode today. Uh, and they also just did a collab with Trace Brewing. And the Pittsburgh Diversity Council uh, on the She Knows Beer oh, yeah. uh, New England IPA. That's wonderful, man. That's a cool movement. I'm glad that they – because those are three phenomenal breweries that come together. Oh, the breweries and the Diversity Council. And also, like, we're friends with Mr. Dennis Guy, who's who's pretty uh, predominant in that uh, council as well. So I'm glad to see that, you know, they're, they're bringing their collective genius together to, to make cool beers, too, to go along with, you know, inclusion in craft beer industry. Yeah, I got a couple of those stashed in my cooler, too. So we'll, we'll yeah. try those uh, later in the episode or, yeah. or after. But don't worry. We'll, we'll definitely let you guys know how we feel about all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks again to Adam for, for bailing me out. So uh, while Adam pours these beers for us to sample at the beginning of the show, uh, like I said, this is an action-packed episode. Um, we're going to be going over AEW news, WWE news, uh, the recap of uh, Double or Nothing. There's so much going on here, and I can't wait to get into all of it. Um, but first and foremost, thank you guys again for tuning in to us because we don't get to do what we do without you guys tuning in to us. So, uh, but before we get into the recap of Double or Nothing, let's cheers up and get our first sip out of this bad boy. What's it called again? Yeah, uh, Poker Face. Poker Face. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Nice. Just sharp at the beginning. Nice bitterness on the rollout. Yeah, super roasty. I, I, I always get disappointed when I order a black IPA mm -hmm. and then it's just malty yes. and there's not that roast. Yeah. This has a ton of roast. And exactly. Then hops all throughout it is delicious, delicious. yeah i i'm so excited that you saved me with this beer because uh <laughs> the, no disrespect to the other breweries in my beer fridge but i'm sorry boys and girls nothing you guys are putting together is going to rival this one so great job necromancer i can't wait to get out to you guys when you're pouring drafts so adam i can't believe that we got to witness probably one of the best wrestling cards of the year hands down oh I hands believe. down best yeah. of the year uh and we put it out to twitter and our you know our listeners came back and overwhelmingly giving this a grade of a overall thank you everyone who follows us on uh on twitter at the knwtb um keep voting when we keep putting polls out but yeah let's let's dive into double or nothing so going right off on the buy-in which is usually uh, reserved for like uh, a brief summary of the card for the night. They actually put a match on with two of my favorite wrestlers. So uh, Serena Deeb put her NWA championship on the line 
against uh, one of the amazing sensations from across the pond, Rio. Uh, these two are easily in the top 10 performers right now in the current uh, women's uh, wrestling across the world. And it was phenomenal to see these two go after each other. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Serena Dave is one of my favorites. I have to believe you on this one, though. I did not watch the buy-in. So I oh, missed this match. So Maddie gets to take the lead on this one. So <laughs> I will tell you right now that what you got to see here was two completely sound technicians of mat work kind of come together. Um, the beginning of the match was slow, like filling each other out. But when they turned it on, I mean, it became – it was – combination for combination rollouts roll-ups submissions high flying um but eventually serena deeb the woman of a thousand holds right yeah uh, i was gonna say her mat works incredible in every yeah. match i've ever seen her in. she overwhelmed rio at the end uh started working on the knee viciously um serena has a bit of a heel touch to her and she went to town on rio's knee and put her in the serenity lock and then i've never seen a performer get bent that way i mean rio sold that submission it made me cringe when i was watching it very important question how many doilies was rio wearing uh several dozen <laughs> she, has, it, she always <laughs> has like doilies around yeah. her wrist and on it's, her shoulders it's always cool to watch her jump off the top rope too because like she has several capes <laughs> but she is as fierce as uh, as many doilies as she wears um she put on a great match Beautiful job on the buy-in. Serena Deeb retains the NWA championship, and I cannot wait to see who else steps up to try to take that belt from her because, Adam, your favorite phrase is back on the table with the forbidden door. Yeah. It is open, buddy, and anyone can come through, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We will see. So then we start moving into the actual uh, card itself where we see uh, a dream matchup that I had as soon as both these guys premiered at their own different times, but Adam Hangman Page versus Brian the Machine Cage. Yeah, man. So right off the top, and why this is the best show of the year, without argument, is the crowd reaction. It was huge at the open. Super pop. Pretty good crowd reaction for Brian Cage, and then they lost their minds yeah. for Hangman. Um, chance of cowboy shit as soon as he comes out. You could see Hangman was literally blown back by the audience when he came out. So very cool. Another thing I noted was the camera angle in Daly's place. Yeah. It was a very unique, how they shot the crowd, how they shot the ring. And I liked it. I really yeah, enjoyed it. For sure. Um, it was a different perspective. I just feel like, especially with the outdoor setting on these opening matches, it really worked well. It did. Um, so Brian Cage comes out looking like the Terminator. Um, cool gear. Yeah, I really enjoyed cool it. cool gear. Yeah. Uh, this was just a, a really high-paced, kind of spotty match for two bigger guys. Yeah. Um, strong, stiff hits throughout. Uh, Hangman hit his moonsault to the outside on Cage beautifully. Uh, Cage buckle-bombed him into the post. Yes. Uh, I mean, this thing started hot. And yes. then um, as they go into the finish, Team Taz comes down. Uh, Hook and uh, Ricky, Ricky, Starks Ricky Starks come down and Old try Mr. to run Broken interference. Neck. Yeah. Uh, Brian Cage kind of like blows him off saying yeah. he wants to do it himself. Which takes his attention away, boom, buckshot lariat, yeah. match over. There you go. I think one of my favorite parts of this, too, is at one point they exchanged finishers. Yes. Cage and Cage exchanged. Yes. Um, Although Cage yeah. did, did a little stumble, but I mean, Page like caught him and just yeah. threw him in that the I, F5, whatever uh, Cage calls yeah, it. Yeah, whatever F5. that thing is. But that, I, I, the agility of Brian Cage, that front flip was actually pretty good. Look, you're right, but when he like hit, he stumbled a little bit. It just bit. looked like he twist, like twisted yeah. his ankle a little bit. But I tell you what, man, that also speaks to the uh, professionalship. Professionalship? 
professional demeanor. Yeah. Uh, there you go. I know words. Uh, the skills. The skills. <laughs> the skills of Adam Page to recover in matches is also something that's been heralded across you know multiple promotions where he um, he doesn't give up on a move. He, t- he tends to, and he's safe too. He's very safe about it, but he's tr- he tends to find a way to keep it going. And that little hiccup that Brian Cage had on trying to do um, the, uh, damn it, what the hell is his? Uh, Buckshot Lariat. Buckshot Lariat. Uh, thank you so much again, Adam. Adam is just saving me all morning. Monster Energy drink. Yes. That's like focused. <laughs> it's like Adderall, but it's legal to buy it at the store. Plus, I watched, like, some of these matches I ended up, like, just for the show, I yeah. watched, like, three times. So it yeah. was like. They're, they're kind of fresh in my head. So Adam is our expert for today, and he's going to save me with all <laughs> yeah, the things I've Except for that on. buy-in match. Where I was yeah. like, oh, I forgot that That's one. what I'm here for. <laughs> one and done, baby. Well, yeah, so match one goes to Adam Page. Yeah. Can't be happier. Hopefully this uh, is projecting him into the title picture. Oh, absolutely. Um, yes. But, yeah, great opener. Speaking of titles, uh, the next match saw the Young Bucks uh, putting their AEW Tag Championships on the line against Mr. Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. Yeah, so Mox and Kingston enter uh, from the backstage area through the door into the crowd. They go nuts. They have the uh, Dior's in hand, yes. <laughs> swinging them around. Um, that they stole off of the Bucks. I guess. I guess it was the uh, Dynamite previous, right? They yeah, it was the, the go home. Yeah, yeah. So that was hilarious. Uh, Mox like throws a chair across the stadium. I didn't. Th- <laughs> I was like, did they plant that? Because he almost hit several people. Yes. <laughs> So he whips that, and then he does his best uh, Sandman impersonation yes. with a uh, with a beer can. Um, so yeah, I mean the crowd in this one again, super hot. They they blew up for the faces. They booed the hell out of the heels. It was perfect, beautiful, perfect beautiful. build for this, perfect crowd reaction for this. Yeah, a uh, high paced, ultra violent match. Uh, Bucks worked Kingston's leg, and the uh, as. As he tagged out and Mox got in, the Good Brothers headed out for some interference. Of course. Uh, Frankie Kazarian, the elite hunter they're yes. calling him now, took out Carl Anderson. Oh. And uh, Kingston took out uh, Big Dummy. Uh, not Big Dummy. Uh, Festus. Uh. Took out Festus. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mox, uh, Mox got some color after being hit with the cooling spray. Um, and then they hit a Meltzer driver on him on the ramp. Which was which, sick. Which really split him yeah. open. Uh, he did a little stumble around. False finishes for days. They couldn't. Yeah. They couldn't knock Moxley out. Um, and the Young Bucks finally put him away with a quadruple BTE trigger that just knocked him senseless. Super brutal. That uh, yeah. So that Bucks retain yeah. by pinfall. Um, for me, loved the match. Uh, Hard hitting, uh, fast paced. Didn't like all the two on one. Like it seemed like it wasn't really a tag match. It seemed yeah. like it was always a two on one. Like there were always two bucks in there. A little too much. Yeah. The ref might have lost control. Or the booking was just strange, but that's the only th- thing negative I have to say. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think at some point you have to either uh, gain control of that match, or you need to um, kind of, you know, I like I like two on one moves. That's it's the best thing about tag teaming is to see like super moves. But you're right, man. I felt like the last third of the match it was two, two bucks on on, right. on either Kingston or yeah. Moxley. Yeah. So there was no chance. Like, they weren't going to... Yeah. But yeah. great match. And it definitely highlighted um, the the mat work of the Young Bucks against the, un, like, unbridled violence of Kingston and, and Moxley. I mean, they definitely clashed their styles well. And even though they took the L, they took it the right way. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. just got brutalized, like, 
they went out on their on their shields. So. Yeah, it, certainly. Yeah, and I, I another way around that is maybe just make it a tornado tag next time. Would so be awesome. So it's just four uh, guys going at it. That would be pretty brutal, especially street, for street the, fight. Street yeah, fight. Yeah, especially because <laughs> Mox and Kingston can brawl. Oh yeah. So see what the Bucks can do. It would be really cool to see that for it, sure. Yeah, doing that. So we we go from a a pretty high-end match to not so much of a high-end match. I do like both these guys, but this was kind of like – this was the one I was worried about. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo in a a, – was that the right match? Did you miss one? I think the Battle Royal was next. Oh, you know what? Let's go back. (laughs) Actually went into another fantastic match (laughs) with the Casino Battle Royale. Uh, we saw several um, several mid carders come in, and you had some bigger high end guys where you kind of knew it was going to boil down to, to them, right? Um, but this match was I like this match, so yeah. And the winner was getting yeah. a AW a world title shot, yeah. So yeah. you knew one of those higher card, yeah, the upper mid card guys was. You were going to say like Max Caster or right. Ten, even though I love I love both of those guys, right. but, but nobody part of the tag team was winning this. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so yeah, it opened up. Um, you know, with just some – so how it works is every three minutes or so, five guys come out at a time yeah. uh, based on the card suit. Mm-hmm. So I, I just have kind of the highlights. Um, Camarado hit Dustin Rhodes with the cowbell when he was eliminated. Yes. Um, there were some good comedy spots. Uh, and then Penta came out, I think, in the second group. And yes. he had the sickest drip. Oh. He was dressed like Heath Ledger's Joker yes. mixed with uh, – the old school Adam West Joker. Yeah. Like, it was... It was perfect. Phenomenal. Yeah. Probably the highlight of the match for me. Cause I like <laughs> Penta already. And I then do. Yeah. He, he killed it. Uh, best cosplay on the card for sure. Uh, then the surprise... Uh, at the end, there's a wild card, a Joker card for a surprise. It's usually a debut in these matches. And Leo Rush debuted. Yeah. I like Leo Rush a lot. I think that's a good, solid signing for AEW. Yeah, he was a castaway from NXT. Oh, actually, he made it to the main card for a smidge of time. Well, here's what I say about the NXT NXT main carding. It's almost like the kiss of death. Like, if you get to the NXT main card, you either have to be wildly successful at the NXT level, or you get called up to the main roster, and then you just get forgotten, which we'll talk about later, of course. But Yeah, we got a couple of those instances later yeah but i think leah rush did a he was fantastic in new japan yeah he performed well over there and i think he's gonna bring uh almost like a ricochet-esque skill set to AEW, which would be pretty cool yeah i wasn't sure how the crowd would react to but they i mean they liked they, it they popped pretty Good pretty pop. big for him yeah um then uh as it winds down to the end people were getting eliminated goes down to two people uh christian cage and jungle boy yes uh they have a great back and forth on the apron and in the ring like teetering on going over the top rope yeah. um and then jungle boy knocks him uh did like a back body drop yeah sent christian over and wins uh so jungle boy has a shot at the title uh after the match christian comes in so looking cool. like he was gonna be pissed like yeah. coming came in fired up yes. and then just gave him a hearty congratulations so cool close out. and this is exactly like when christian cage came in everyone was pissed off that he came into aw and they're thinking he's gonna take a bunch of spots from younger kids and you can clearly see that Christian Cage gives a shit about this company. Like, he is putting people over. Um, the only way I would have saw this match ending even better would be if we have, like, a 1995 Royal Rumble situation where they both fall off at the same time. And then 
the following week on we just saw just do a one-on-one do a one-on-one yeah which would have been cool but regardless the end of the match was awesome uh, i i'm warming up the jungle boy um i didn't really like him when he first came out and now i'm getting more enticed by him He's great in the ring. His gimmick is just really weird. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, it's cool. Uh, you it's can, very it, 80s. Like, it fits his trio. Yeah, yeah, which I don't like any of them either. Yeah. <laughs> I love Luchasaurus, <laughs> man. I freaking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, my, my only, I mean, for a battle royal, this was a good yeah. match. My one negative takeaway was Paul White. Uh, formerly known as the Big Show on commentary. No more he BS. Was, he was awful. Yeah, he was really bad. So at one point, uh, re- right towards the beginning of it, JR's like, this is a battle. Somebody went for a pinfall, I think, or yeah. did, like a roll-up. And JR's like, this is a battle royal. Pinfalls are irrelevant. And then Big Show comes on, oh, and submissions are irrelevant. <laughs> and it's like, nobody was going, f- <laughs> stop copying JR. And he like mimicked JR a couple times, yeah. which was annoying. And then he didn't get in the ring, so my prediction went flat. Yes. Well, I think... We, and I'll say this too, we fell flat on our ultimate desire of this card was to see Tama Tonga come out at some point. It, it, there were so many spots where it could have happened, and I'm so mad that it didn't. Nothing from the Forbidden Door. On this Nothing, match. yeah. Well, I mean, or Leo, on this card. Leo Rush, kind of, a little bit. Kind of, yeah. yeah. But he was a free agent, so he really can't. Uh, but then going back to what I tried to put ahead of this one. I <laughs> uh, just want to rush right to the shit. Uh, yeah, man. Well, it's because <laughs> this... <laughs> This was, uh, yeah, like I said, I said prior to my extreme screw up. This is a match that I didn't really, I didn't have a lot of hype for. But I like Anthony Agogo, and I do like Cody Rhodes, so I gave it a chance. So again, uh, Cody Rhodes versus uh, Anthony Agogo. Yeah, um, decent entrances for both guys. Cody enters uh, with some interesting attire. Yeah, he looked like a cross between Homelander from The Boys. George Washington and Captain Fuckface. Yeah. Like, he looked weird. He looked really it weird. It looked like he stole it off of, like, Lady Gaga's tour bus yeah. for her 4th of July show or something. Also, it was really strange. Did you feel that those pants were even tighter than he usually, like... They, yeah, I'm okay with that. You, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, kind of a kind of a slow uh, start, a little clunky. Um, I do have to give it up for a go-go, though. Yes. Like, for this being, like, his fourth... Match, I think, yeah. in front of people, he held his own. Like yeah. I know Cody laid out that match and probably put oh, it yeah. all together and trained him on what to do, but he executed pretty well. I can't say there were any like botches. Like yeah. he executed everything very well. It was just a big shift from all the matches we had just seen. Yeah, it was. We, we were watching a lot of high paced, high energy stuff, and this started to break down almost into like. At one point, I felt like Cody Rhodes is like, I'm going to outbox the boxer. Yeah, that was weird. He I outstruck like him at one point. And yeah, like, mm, which that's, that's not going to happen. A go-go hit a nice frog splash. Yes, he did. I was like, wow. That he had was some height. Yeah. It's very RVD-esque. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, great stuff. But, yeah, uh, Cody survived the, uh, the knockout punch finisher um, because his, he got knocked out, but his hand was under the bottom yes. rope. So, kind of saved, yeah. protected the finisher a little bit. Yeah. Um, but... At the end, Cody hits him with a vertebraker, which I haven't seen in a long right. time since Homicide was yeah. hitting the gringo killer on people. Yeah, baby. Um, LAX, baby. Yeah, and, and gets the win. Um, I can't say it was a bad match. It was just, well, we'll get to what I th- might have thought was the worst match on yeah. the show. But it was just a kind of a normal wrestling match Yeah, uh, that probably would have been better on Dynamite, given Agogo's newness and freshness. Yeah. I, I think it suffered from kind of a forced build. Like, yeah. Uh, America feuding with England kind of right just fell flat. Too. I didn't feel like 
I didn't feel any like significant buy into it. I I think that my intrigue was to see what Anthony Agogo could do, because I'm I'm always excited for young talent to get shots. So to see Anthony Agogo get his opportunity to come through, I thought that was really cool. And I I call me weird. It's a hill that I'll die on, but I love the liver shot. It reminds me of Crush. It reminds me of that heart punch. Yeah. It just kind of like Who that, said that. Oh, Maga had the the thumb, the thumb spike. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love those things. I don't know what it is about it. Because it's a little bit of realism. In, yeah. In theatrical. What well, I think. Pro wrestling. I think too. You could hit it on anybody. Like yes. Anthony Gogo could hit it on big guys, small guys, announcers, like whoever, and he, yeah. and he can throw it anytime. Yeah, you can yeah. throw it and not hurt the, and it's safe. Like yeah, it's perfect. He's just like. Yeah, burying it in your gut like yeah. lightly, but it looks like great shot. It looks great. Yeah. His boxing really comes in handy when it comes to selling what he's doing. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, the internet, of course, complained saying Cody buried uh, a go-go um, and ruined his push. But in defense of <laughs> you, Marks, yeah. do you think that Cody Rhodes is going to lose when he has his father's fucking nickname? I mean, you picked a go-go to win this. <laughs> I did because I thought it'd be some cool hill stuff. But then, like, I also didn't go on Twitter like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> but, like, to defend it, like, Agogo still has a push. He was just halfway through the show yeah. on a major pay-per-view card with four matches in his pocket. Yeah. Like, that's his push. That's incredible. He got featured. Yeah. So, and that's, didn't lose. Yeah. Like. Didn't lose really lost clean. strong, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean. So. That I think that it was cool because they showed Cody Rhodes being the smart mat technician by having his hand under the rope. Right. Because if that shot happens in the middle of the ring, Anthony Agogo is the winner and England prevails. So, I mean, I like to see what happens next. I think this feud's ongoing still, which I don't know how that's going to work yeah, out. Yeah, this one, like yeah. Cody Rhodes, I get a lot of investment off the storytelling of it. And this whole feud with the factory just isn't yeah. jiving with me. Like him versus his bro, like Dustin was huge. Yeah. Him versus Chris Jericho was great. MJF, MJF was good. Like, yeah, yeah, this one's just not hitting the same feels for me. Is it possible that we can finally see though a Cody Rhodes heel turn? Nah, maybe after the kid's born. I I, they're not going to rush it before. before I want he, it so. We're going to see an injury angle take him out here yeah. eventually, and the factory will get that big, push up into push. the heel zone that the pinnacle yeah has now. Yeah, I I'd like to see yeah. That'd be cool. See Factor get a push, and then Cody comes back as a heel and just starts annihilating him. That'd be fun. That'd be cool. Uh, speaking of heels, we move into the next match here. Miro, the TNT champion, putting his belt on the line against the Murder Hawk, Lance Archer. Probably the match I was most looking forward to. Yes. Not not going to lie. It was in my top two. Um, big, beefy Haas match. Uh, <laughs> right off the bat, Miro's <laughs> coming out, and Archer runs at him and dives and nearly necks himself. Yes. His foot caught the top rope, and his head just, like, and Miro, like, barely caught yeah. him and, like, sold it. Great job on Miro's part. Yeah, but I was like, oh, no, please don't let this be a... <laughs> this is it! Yeah, this is foreshadowing, isn't it? Um, uh, so after they brawled a little bit, they went to the outside. Archer hit a nice spine buster on Miro through a table. Uh, they brawled into the crowd for a little bit. Miro was throwing him back and forth over the crowd rail yeah um how strong is that guy by the way oh it's insane it's, it's like he looks i mean he's brawly he's very broad but damn dude uh, lance arch is what 325 330 yeah and he's he just throwing him around Mira's like you go over here now <laughs> like, 
major assist on uh, repositioning Lance Archer's body against his desires. <laughs> yeah, so after the after the intense brawling on the outside, uh, it slows down a little bit in the ring. They hit some big slams yeah. and stuff still, but... That Haas battle. Yeah, more yeah. of a Haas battle, like just some strikes and, you know, catching their breath after what they were doing. Uh, Jake the Snake runs down <laughs> to, to run interference. <sighs> Miro <laughs> knocks him over with, like, the lightest <laughs> tap I've ever seen. It was very polite. <laughs> Jake's dead in the corner. Uh, Miro grabs the bag with the snake in it. This was cool. And does his best impression of St. Patrick and just throws that snake yeah. down the tunnel. So cool, man. He's like, yeah. We don't, we don't play with snakes in this one. Yeah. Bulgaria does not recognize this bullshit. So after Miro throws the snake, freaking 30 yards. <laughs> uh which, don't worry, people, there wasn't really a snake yeah, in there. Yeah. You could clearly see it was probably Jake's dirty laundry. Yes. J- Jake's like, it's the best way to air dry my laundry. Yeah. And Miro's like, I've got you, brother. Um, so that fires Archer up. He makes a, a you know, a big comeback, uh, yeah. which gets stopped short. Uh, Miro hits him with a super kick, or his, like, pump kick thing. Yeah. And then hits a modified game over, which is his camel clutch maneuver yeah it kind of bends archer all the way back almost yeah. into like a chokehold and uh archer passes out and loses no yeah. tapping so finishes strong um my opinion on the match is it, it was a little uh clunkier than i would like it but you, yeah. you get that sometimes with two big guys yeah i mean these guys are probably two of the biggest men in in the yeah. fed or I, in that organization i would definitely say hands down they're two of the biggest men and they're two of the strongest men too right. um, so it was a bit clunky but not yeah. the clunkiest by far not the clunkiest big man match i've ever no, seen so. but I, I would say too i really enjoyed the finish on this one uh it sets up a rematch the, i was gonna say they did well and i'd love to see a rematch yeah I i'd like to too. see this go into and like eventually end with some sort of cool stipulation i quit that'd be cool i quit match. I'd take that. yeah i would too man uh Speaking of phenomenal matches, my match that I was most looking forward to is up next here. Hikaru Shida, who was the AEW Women's Champion. I'm spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> going against the pride of Pittsburgh, uh, Britt Baker, DMD, for that Women's Championship. And I, let me tell you right now, Adam, I got to watch this out on my big projection screen. Oh, nice. And I popped for both of them when they came out. Yeah, and uh, so did the whole crowd. Yes. Uh, Baker got a huge reaction to the point where JR was asking how many people from Pittsburgh were in the yep. crowd because she's supposed to be a heel. Yeah. But everybody just thought it was yeah. her time. And Everyone who – and we have listeners from Russia, Germany. Like, I just want you guys to know right now that Pittsburgh travels well. So we probably did take over Daly's place. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, probably a little bit. Yeah. Although when they announced her and said from Pittsburgh, PA, not a huge pop. No. Not as big as when she was coming out. That's true. So I think it was just – the love of her. The love, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sheeta also on her entrance. Yes. Complete, like the crowd was very respectful. Gave her a great applause. She got emotional very on the emotional. ramp. And she it was awesome it. to see. It was awesome to see her at least be the champion for the first yes. crowd show back. Absolutely. And I think she appreciated that too. Um, great striking back and forth at the beginning. Really fast paced. Sheeta was hitting Britt with a lot of stuff. Britt was also dodging a lot of stuff. Really good. Yeah, very like, good. Fast. Smooth work in the beginning of this. It's not what I was expecting. I thought at first they were going to kind of like feel each other out, but you're right. It went straight to fifth gear. Yeah. Right off the rip. Yeah. Uh, Sheeta does a nice dive off the turnbuckle onto uh, Brit and Reba, not Rebel yeah. on the outside, <laughs> uh, which was very nice. Yeah. Um, Brit hits a, when they roll back in, hit, 
Brit hits like this modified curb stomp, yes. which is awesome. So cool. And pulls out her custom glove for the uh, yeah. lockjaw. Um, Matches her ring attire, yeah, too. Yeah, and then from Sick. there, it got like really stiff from there. Yeah. And like a lot of good near falls. They had me kind of yeah, buying it a few times, like yeah. it's over. Um, but uh, out of nowhere, like she'd had hit her finisher and like pinned Brit, and Brit kicked out of two, and she like leaned up disappointed. And Britt just reached around and put it in the lockjaw, and that was it. Yeah. Britt Baker, DMD, wins it. New title. Uh, on her way out, she gets a big hug from Uncle Tony Schiavone. Oh, yeah. Uh, really cool. Really great match. It could be Uncle Tony Schiavone, too, man, because his crush on Reed but not Rebel <laughs> is uh, it's strong. Is strong, man. I think that Tony Schiavone might quite literally have to buy new cell phones every time Reba puts a post up on Twitter. Smashing that like just, button. Bam, 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 bam. I love you. <laughs> uh but I love we love Tony Siobhan his podcast is incredible too um yeah I love this match I love Hikaru Shida I love Britt Baker and I can see these two colliding in the future uh for something else maybe if they're not even you know uh going for a championship but the chemistry between these two was just phenomenal um I've watched this is the match that I've watched two and three times because it was that good for me um loved it Fantastic. Great job to both of them. Uh, and, and, of course, so much respect to Akaro Shida for carrying that belt through the entire pandemic. Right. And defending it against some of the most talented people across the nation. Um, yeah, everybody so, they uh, could fly in, she defended yeah, it. Yeah, she's like, I'll so. fight them. I'll go to Japan. She went to Japan for that uh, women's eliminator match and wrestled out there, too. So. Yeah, none of them were boring either. Like, no. all of her matches were Fantastic. Exciting. That Tomashi, man, when she hits that thing, it's a I, I pop, man. So... Moving on to the card here, we see uh, Darby Allen and Sting taking on All Ego, Ethan Page, and the face of the revolution, Scorpio Sky. Yeah, that's forgotten about. <laughs> yeah. I like to say it still, because I'm afraid that if Scorpio Sky's heel persona hears me talking shit, he's going to come over and beat the crap well, out of me. Well, and if you forget, everybody forgets, Matt, so don't forget. <laughs> don't um, forget. But yeah, I mean, I'll sound like an echo. Great entrances, great reaction yeah. for all four men. Um Right at the beginning, brawl to the outside. Everybody kind of clears the ring and yeah. goes in their separate directions. Uh, Sting and Scorpio Sky go up the ramp, kind of striking back and forth. I was scared. And then Scorpio Sky <laughs> hits a vertical suplex on Sting on the ramp. Yes. And I was like, well, that's it for Sting in this match. Yeah, Darby Allen's going to get his ass beat by two people now. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Sting Sting does classic Sting, vintage Sting. So cool. And pops right back up and walks up behind Scorpio Sky, scares the crap out of him. Throws him off the stage and then dives from the stage to the floor oh on Ethan God. Page and Scorpio Sky. It was amazing. I was like, this man's, he's early 60s. Yeah, 62. Crazy. I think. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, put on a, oh, God. Yeah, I was terrified for the slam and I was super terrified when he took the dive. Yeah. But wow, man. Uh, after that, Darby takes a huge bump into the crowd from Ethan Page that was looked awesome. Dude, how about. How about that throw, by the way? I, I think I said in the last episode, Ethan Page looked jacked. And to throw Darby Allen, because there's not much Darby can do to propel himself, because it's a no, I mean, a little hop, friend. but you still got to send him out. Yeah. yeah. And he threw him right at, at Darby's brother. Yeah. <laughs> family reunion, baby. As JR, it's a goddamn family reunion. So then probably like, I don't know if anybody would even notice this, but they get all get in the ring. The actual tag match starts. Yeah. Um. And Sting keeps throwing men into the turnbuckles and then not doing the Stinger Splash for, like, eight minutes. Yes. And I was like, can do he it. not do it? Like, <laughs> he can do a vertical suplex on the ramp, but he can't hit a splash in the corners. But we got our Stinger Splashes. He does quite a few of them. Yes. Um, after one, he does 
what the announcers called a code red, but it looked like a slug red. Like he was real slow. I mean, very impressive. He can do it. Yeah. But you could tell it was all, I think it was Ethan Page. He hit it on. Yes. he. But did. it was definitely the other man working with him. To yeah. Get it, it looked like a sunset flip almost, yeah, yeah. but there was enough of a, yeah. Ethan Page sold the slam. It looked more awkward than when John Cena was doing it. Oh God. Why was run? You know what? Where he would do like the triple pump and then go. Yeah, which uh, it's it's yeah, it's like watching Charles Barkley's backswing when he's golfing. <laughs> I just I never bought into it, but yeah, good on Sting though, man, throwing the sludge red. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna we'll rename the it red. the sludge red. Uh, um, then there was a double submission spot where uh, Darby and Ethan <laughs> were facing each other in submission match and just slapping each other and eye gouging. I mean, kind of cheesy but funny. Yeah. I liked it. Um, then Sting reverses Scorpio's uh, Scorpio Sky's finish and hits it right into the Scorpion Death Drop and, it. and gets the pinfall. Wow! Sting, Sting, the man who we said was gonna take the fall, gets the fall, yeah. and the uh, the faces take this one. I can't. I almost can't believe that they did because I thought this is where they would sever this uh, this rivalry with a heel win and allow Darby and Sting to kind of separate a little bit. Isn't that the biggest problem now? This feud continues, yes. which I don't. What? I don't want it either, <laughs> um, but I don't know though. Unless it just rolls into his singles with Darby and I think it will Sky or or Darby and Ethan Page. I don't care. Yeah. But then I don't know what you do with Sting or with the other guy. Like, yeah. well, I can tell you right now on AEW Dynamite last night, um, Darby was Darby and Sting were accosted by Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, and they want and Scorpio and Page wanted. Um, wanted a rematch but they said darby it's you and anybody else that's not sting oh, okay so this could be an opportunity too to see someone come through and be on darby's side maybe leo rush maybe leo rush maybe and we'll get into this later some other people that could possibly that showed up yeah any updates you got from dynamite last night please yeah. fill uh, in because i have not watched it uh your penta drip came right back out match oh, one and yeah. it was yeah same, he wore the same drip same nice. drip well, i'll definitely check this yeah. out tonight yeah so then uh we're moving on to one of the two main events of the night it's the triple threat match uh omega versus Pac. pack versus i say Pac all the time i'm regular i'm remembering x Pac. it's pack and uh the master of sloth style orange cassidy for the AEW championship yeah i mean a lot to summarize in this one so oh, i will yeah. just do it justice by saying they opened with great transitions between the three men to yes. get one-on-one -on -one matchups yeah and then work those one-on-one -on -one matchups super smoothly um just some high points omega hit a, an awesome looking like sparta kick yeah and send him all the way to the corner so cool which was cool of both men to sell it um, my favorite thing Pac did was he hit a 450 on both guys when they were bridged up yeah, after a pin. That was so that was, yeah, man. That was really creative. Um, and my my favorite part of the match was Pac hit Omega with a Falcon Arrow off the top. Yeah. Orange comes in, knocks Pac out of the ring, goes for the pinfall. I thought it was over. The yeah. whole crowd thought it was over. Yep. Everybody bit. Um, it was so believable, especially in a match where everybody knows Kenny's winning. Oh, yeah. But everybody bit. Like, well, oh yeah, you might take this thing, including me. Yeah, the super underdog, and same. Yeah, same with me. I, I was quite like, literally really going to do this. Yeah, I was quite literally watching this out on my screen and going, "There's no fucking way." But kudos to AEW for making it feel like literally anybody Anything could win happen. that match. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Orange Cassidy then hit a beach break, which is his finisher, and the orange punch to Kenny. Another really close near fall. Yeah. 
uh, where they even had Don Callis on commentary yelling, shit, shit, shit. Yeah. Like, this wasn't <laughs> supposed to happen. Um, but uh, at the end, Omega gets the upper hand, hits, I think he hit Pac with all four belts, or maybe yeah. traded he between the two just guys. Just kept sliding yeah. in. Yeah. Which was a, a cheesy spot. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to go too hard on Omega. This is just a recap. But, uh, <laughs> eventually, I'll make my opinions in the There'll be a day. Um, Orange with one final really close uh, false finish. Yeah. Uh, sits up, and Omega just rolls him up, and the uh, the finish came out of nowhere. Like, it was The finish perfect. was very flat for me, though. Yeah. Like I loved it. It was just too out of nowhere. That's why I liked it, because it gave such injustice to both Cassidy and Pac yeah. for all the hard work they're putting in. Omega's like, oh, great job and everything, but I'm just going to roll you up in a crucifix real quick. Yeah. And, just, and it's get to, over. Yeah. And then he celebrated like he just hit like a avalanche one-winged angel. All he right. did was like a little roll-up. Which they teased. Yeah. Why couldn't they hit that spot? That would have been so cool. I mean, I think we would have never seen Pac again. No. Oh, Pac. Damn it. No, I didn't. I'm saying, dude, it's it's hard not to do it. My nostalgia is, is kicking in Yeah, sometimes. but, I mean, good match. Uh, a yeah. little too theatrical from Omega for me. But, again, I will save my opinions for a later show yeah. where I can really dive into it. There will all, be a day, Adam. All around a great match. Yes. So, to break up uh, the um, the the main events of the, of the evening... Uh, great announcement came during this card that the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, will be on uh, the AEW payroll now. It sounds like he's going to do some uh, color commentary, and he's also going to be a coach. Yeah. Because um, there's another, they're going to have another show now, too. Yeah, they were calling him the analyst. It'll be for their second show that I Rampage? think will be on Friday night called Rampage. Yeah, yeah. and that's incredible. Uh, I Mark think this fall, like August time frame, I think, yeah. is starting that. Yeah, it's, it's right, it, yeah, I think it's the be beginning of august and uh you know it's it's all that like they're moving to tbs they're getting a different deal because tnt got the nhl deal so they you know and when gets to be announcer for that's pretty cool but uh, sorry diverting from wrestling <laughs> but uh mark henry is all elite and it's really cool to see him come in because uh he was one of my favorites whenever i was growing up i thought that he was a fantastic wrestler and he he sold serious roles and he sold comedic oh, roles he was great at the comedy sexual chocolate baby uh, thank you, Mark Henry, for coming over to AEW. And my understanding is that the conversation he had with Vince McMahon was actually very, very well. Good. Um, he's he, he told Vince, like, I think something underneath of you is holding me back, and I want to go somewhere where I can be utilized. And Vince McMahon just said, hey, listen, you know everything you need to know. You are you know everything. Go be successful. I know you will be. Very cool. Similar you, to yeah. what uh, happened with Big Show, yeah. from what I understand. Yeah, go, go be successful. And that's... You know, we make fun of Vince McMahon a lot, but there are some times where he makes uh, makes you feel good. About yeah, some of I mean, why things. is he just going to hold you yeah. under his thumb if he's not going to right. use so, you? So, good job, good job, you know, all parties. And yeah, great can't. job, AEW, taking another WWE Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, who looks like he might step in the ring. Like, he, he looks, looks great. good, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of looking good, I wanted to see his match so bad because the first team stampede was really good, but we knew that there won't be as much comedy in this one. But... <laughs> The Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle in a stadium stampede. This is the second stadium stampede in AEW history, with the first one seeing the Elite taking on uh, the Inner Circle, and the Inner Circle bringing back their skills, knowledge, and experience to take on the Pinnacle in this one. So not spoiling anything, but I could not watch this match again because it was just so long. It is very so long. So I have bullet points, and then we can just fill in what like our favorite parts were oh, yeah. that I missed. Um, so... Great part of the match. The inner circle repels off yeah. the scoreboard <laughs> of uh, the Jaguar Stadium. Great there. job with that. That's a cool entrance. Yeah, very cool. Uh, 
everybody kind of pairs off. Um, so Jericho and MJF like brawled through the office space of the stadium. Yeah. Um, and fought through the cafeteria and then into Urban Meyer's office. Which is where <laughs> he made a cameo and yeah. passed him a helmet, uh, passed Jericho a helmet and his laptop to slam over MJF. So good. Pretty cool. That'll, uh, be, the, that'll be the best thing that Urban Meyer does in Jacksonville, by the way. Uh, I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wardlow and uh, Hager, the two big men, paired off. Uh, they fought through a walk in freezer, which was. Well stocked for it not yeah. being uh, football, not being in season right yeah, now. Yeah, they they're either feeding ghosts or they're feeding they're football just feed, players. They're just feeding the players real well. Yeah, they are. Good lord. Um. Uh. Yeah, and then they went through a a fake wall that looked better than the fake stage. It was at least yeah. drywall. It was, yes. but it was just drywall. When it fell down, you're kind of like that didn't need to be there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a sink behind yeah. it or something. <laughs> Um, Santina, Santana, uh, Santana. Are you talking Ortiz. about Santina Morella? No, he was not in this. Thank God. He comes in and hits the snake, the cobra strike. Santana, <laughs> the old guy that plays guitar. <laughs> Him and, uh, Ortiz, uh, paired off with the FTR and Tully and fought into a nightclub that's at the stadium. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, brawled with like some innocent bystanders, took a shot together and. Yeah. Just had a brawl. Best part about that was Conan, old K-Dog, showed up and took Telly out, which oh, yeah. is uh, a lot of fun. The the quick reunification of LAX for a hot second. Yeah. Impact for life, baby. Just to get talks going. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Um, and then it uh, uh, Guevara, Guevara and Spears paired off and fought in like this cool chair room that they that did like, some dramatic. Awesome. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Like, I just loved the, it. The Warriors type thing. Like, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty theatrical. I liked it, though. Um, and they also got the finish. They ended up uh, getting back to the live show. They went from the pre-recorded Stadium Stampede and made it look like yeah. they came in live. Uh, Guevara hits a beautiful 630 splash to so finish uh, Spears off. Yeah, man. And then the inner circle, the rest of the inner circle came out and yeah. had a celebration and it, threw the bird at the camera. To perfect, home. perfect, perfect match. I mean, they're... Theatrical, yes, and I get that, and they can cover some things up, so you didn't see botches in that, but I didn't see any botches in the live stuff either, which was good. Right. I mean, it was preserved all the way through, and you had enough fan service. Like, when Conan was out, was the DJ, I popped. I was, I was like, is that fucking Conan? And when he came down, and he was just like, go get him on today, I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, man. <laughs> I miss Conan, man. He's so, fantastic. I agree it was good. I thought... It was a little more comedy than I was expecting. Yeah. It was kind of like the first one. Not as not comedic, as comedic but, yeah. but still had a lot of comedy. Yeah. Um, two takeaways I have in the negative category was I wanted a little more stadium in my stadium stampede. Yeah. Like, they all started there and just kind of, like, split they off into... quickly spread yeah. out, yeah. So I was like, eh, that was kind of a bummer. Um, and then the finish, I wish, like, both teams were... Yeah. In there and at least fighting around ringside. Mm. Like, you never saw the Pinnacle members. No. During the live thing, except for Sean Spears. Yeah. Like, oh, and MJF got thrown through a table yeah. earlier in the match. So, besides those two kind of mild points, mm. uh, I thought it was a great match, too. So, the only one I'm going to disagree with you on is the, the second point you made about having more people around for the finish. Because I think that the finish was the best way they could have done it. Because I was thinking the entire time it was Jericho and MJF uh, that we're going to finish this thing. And then they let Sammy Gravara and Sean Spears have finish it up. the finish. I, I do like who got the finish. Yeah. Um, and it gives Guevara some, some build yeah. into the next thing. And he was the one that took the pin in the first, first one. Yeah. So, and he got hit by a fucking golf cart <laughs> a couple times, <laughs> a couple times, but good on him. That six thirty splash is, is something to behold. Uh, it, he's 
Sammy is quite a wrestler, and I'm glad to see him get the uh, the pin on this one. And uh, but I'll tell you this though, this feud is not over, Adam, because last night Wardlow and uh, Hager are going to enter into an MMA style cage match. Oh no! Uh, Chris Jericho vowed to once and for all vanquish MJF. And I believe at some point FTR is going to collide with. So they're all just splitting off into yes, like singles, singles or matches. Tag yeah, I like that. That's Which is bad. cool. So Adam, except that MMA style match. I that could be cool though. Uh, yeah, but it's an it is a pro MMA fighter who barely can do it versus a guy that I don't doesn't know about do that it. man. I think he sucks. Okay, sucks compared to who? The people we saw like dominate the world? No, compared to the people we fight. They give him like soup cans every match. And then the one match he was almost losing, he punched a guy in the balls to get out of the match. And he won. He did win by decision. But <laughs> yeah. he had to punch the guy. He blatantly punched him in the balls. What would you when do? He was in trouble. What would you do? He's a heel in MMA. He's a heel in MMA. <laughs> he got there. He's like, we the people. <laughs> I hate that guy. Oh, he's my least favorite in both factions. So speaking of uh, this card and its entirety, Adam, what is your match of the night? Uh, mm, can I can I cheat a little bit? Of course. I kind of have two. Okay. Um, I would say my my top spot is the women's match. Uh, yeah. Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker is solidly my number one, but I have to give honorable mention to the... Uh, Moxley Kingston Young Bucks tag match. Yes. That was that was my favorite until the finish of the women's match. Yes. Um, even with all the the ref being non-existent, I mean Kingston's Fantastic. in it, so he's yeah. my favorite wrestler. Right. I mean, and everybody did great. Yeah. And I was like really excited to watch it. Yeah. So. Uh, I would agree with you on the women's match. That is my match of the night. Um, I think too that a close second for me is going to be the triple threat match, uh, Omega pack and orange Cassidy. I thought they did a great job of not making it feel like, you know, it's, it's the common script, eliminate one. So two can go at it. And then that third person comes back. I didn't feel like that, that routine shuffle was happening. They made it feel more organic. Yeah. It happened at the beginning, but it wasn't obvious. Yeah. yeah. Like they, like, I mean, Cassidy took a hard stiff hit and it was very feasible to think like, Oh, he could have been hurt if that was a real thing. Right. Um, so who is your wrestler of the card? I'll let you go first. You let me go first? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with Hikaru Shida okay. on this one. I think that she she went into this knowing she had to give up a prized possession. She carried that belt for so long. She emotional. She was emotional at the pop when she came out. Um, she wrestled a hell of a match, hit all of her spots, no botches, and then ceremoniously gave that belt to Britt Baker, because I think at this point, Karu, she beat everybody she needed to right now to be cemented as one of the top female performers. And then, but she also knew that for this women's division to grow, she had to give that belt to somebody else. And who better than Britt Baker right now? Who better than Canyon? Yep. Nobody. <laughs> so who my better? Nobody. <laughs> so uh, my top wrestler of the of the evening was. Sting! Oh, uh, nice. I know it's kind of a weird choice, but for that 62-year-old man to do what he did on this card... Hell yeah, man. ...look pretty good, aside from the uh, Sludge Red. Um, <laughs> it was amazing. Sludge so, Red. yeah, Sting, you get my props. I hope I only see you in the ring once or twice a year, but uh, yeah. good first showing. And I think that's what they're working towards, too, because the whole thing, like, we'll wrestle you with anybody but Sting. I think that's got... You have to give that guy breaks. Yes, yes. Um, and he's a great manager. Like, he speaks... He kind of reminds me, you know, to dip into the horror side of things, he reminds me of Michael Myers. He can say so much with his with the nothing on his face. I mean, it's 
he expresses so much. So it would be cool to see him take that managerial role too. And he's coaching Darby Allen. I think Darby Allen's wrestling has only improved since Sting has come on to be by his side. Uh, so last last question I have for you here, buddy. What is your what's the weakest match of the night, or I like to call it the pee break match? Yeah, I call it the piss break. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, my piss break. Sorry, I mean, one of my favorite in-ring guys, but not tonight, Cody Rhodes and Anthony Agogo. Couldn't agree more. That was a match where it started happening, and I restoked the fire in my fire pit. Um, I did come back, and I watched, and I rewatched it, too, just to make sure I didn't miss anything. And uh, I wasn't upset with myself that I didn't, yeah. didn't put all my focus I did it. miss some good stuff by Agogo when I was grabbing some beers. I mean, I think I, I didn't literally not watch it. Like, yeah. I think I was gone for like three minutes. It, same. I yeah. Yeah. But I, I rewatched it again just to make sure like the spots that I missed, I went back and watched it. Um, so thank you guys so much. Listen to our, our take on AEW double or nothing. We hope that it uh, brings about some new cool matches and rivalries, but for right now, we're going to take a quick break for you to hear some ads and hopefully you hear something you like, cause you can support us by supporting them so we can bring you cool stuff. So we'll be right back. Thanks. Hey guys, I think we're all sitting here with partners, women in our lives that would uh, kind of appreciate it if we uh, groomed up a little bit. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I do too. And I'm lucky enough to have been in touch with a company called Smooth My Balls, and they want to make sure that we bring our listeners what they have to offer. So right now, they offer the Turf Chopper 3.0 with uh, skin safe technology. So when you are trimming your sack, you don't mess up and bring a messed up chia pet to a magic party. If you know what I'm saying, you got to bring your a game to the battlefield guys. Always. And the other thing too, I don't know about you guys, but I often get talked to about having all the hair left in the sink. Uh, that's when the pube muncher 1.0 comes in. It's a little vacuum sucks it all up and grinds up all the hairs and you can throw away a little easier. That way you can avoid a conversation later and you can stay groomed. Always important. Always important. And right now, all of our listeners can save 15% on their order. How can they do that? <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Josh. They can go to smoothmyballs.com slash DWTB and save 15% on their entire order right now. That's smoothmyballs.com slash DWTB. And don't forget to look at some of the other products they have, like the sack mat, like the sack vacuum, like the ball freshening powder and everything else. It's all there for you. Smoothmyballs.com slash DWTB for 15% off your order right now. The ones them ladies. The one-stop shop for men's grooming. <laughs> That's right. Welcome back. Hopefully you heard something that you like and you can check it out. If you need any more information about those products, let us know at WTB on all social media. But I'm here to bring some news that has shocked the wrestling world. Uh, there have been multiple releases from WWE. Some of them are just complete surprises right now. Um, I won't say I'm beside myself because I don't want to invest myself that much. But these, some of these are just very surprising, dude. I don't really know what they're thinking yeah i'm not gonna oversell it saying i'm beside myself either yeah. but i am real sad about one of them <laughs> oh yeah yeah so let, we'll start off with the heavy hitter here uh braun Strowman. he was released after featuring in wrestlemania against shane mcmahon and competing in wrestlemania backlash a lot of wrestlemanias here um for the wwe championship where again as we all knew he would take the fall and he did 
Uh, rumors indicated that Braun's contract, which was given to him to prevent him from being picked up in free agency, was worth up to and possibly exceeding $1 million, which made him a financial liability to the company. Yeah, it just seemed like they were freeing up some finances, which is weird because I think they're, even with the pandemic, like, reporting record profits. Yeah. So, yes. And they're not touring, so they got to be saving money there. Although losing money from ticket sales, I guess, a little bit. Maybe. Um with how raw is now they probably wouldn't sell that many tickets like no man there that listenership is going down and i can and i can only tell you right now losing these superstars that we're going to go through i think that the red brand is really going to continue to lose viewership yeah. yeah this is uh this is the one that did not upset me oh i mean didn't i'm not happy about it either yeah. but uh braun was really cool had a lot of potential and they just they squandered it squandered it and yeah. now i i just didn't care about him for like the last year and yeah. a half and that's nothing against him. It's no. just like there's no development. And every time they developed him, like who wants to see anyone fight Shane McMahon? Right. Exactly. No, yeah, nobody. Especially your monster. Yeah. And now they got uh, Amos for like a fraction of the price and yeah. he's six inches taller. So. Right. Bye, Braun. Yeah, also too, uh, can't wait to see how they uh, you know break up AJ Styles and Amos like that because that'll happen. Yeah, they're going to push that guy as a single star for sure. Yeah. Until he gets the... Uh, Great Colleenies and yeah. can't wrestle anymore. <laughs> he goes all flamingo. Yeah, the, yeah, the ostrich legs. <laughs> <laughs> so the one here that makes me kind of sad, uh, more sad than the other ones, is uh, Alistair Black uh, being released after being written into a what could have been a just incredible feud with Big E and having his character reworked as the Dark Father. He even had a new shirt up on WWE.com for pre-sale as well. It is rumored that Creative was basically told to fuck off with pitching ideas about Aleister Black with little to no explanation. And this is also very crazy because this is a Paul Heyman guy. Yeah, yeah, this one's the one that kind of hurt. Also crazy because there have been talks over the last two weeks about his wife being brought back into the company. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I didn't see this one coming at all. No. Uh, this is the one that kind of upsets me. Um, I did see a report this morning that Vince McMahon didn't quite get his and another gentleman who's coming soon yes. on the list. Just didn't get their in-ring style. Like, just didn't jive with them for whatever reason. Oh, I mean, they, they were too cool? Yeah, it's like strike, <laughs> it's strike heavy and it's it's looks good. I don't, I don't get it. Do you want to know who I compare it to? CM Punk. Yeah. It, it was a very CM Punk-esque wrestling style, but it had more of a darker tone to it. He, to me, was Undertaker light. He had the same like dark persona. And he could have been he could have been Undertaker full flavor, yeah. even with no filters, maybe if yeah. you just <laughs> Ooh, you can take him back to Green County with us, buddy. <laughs> if you just let him go, man. Yeah. And this dark father character looked mm -hmm. great. Yeah. And I can't wait to play fantasy booking here in a minute with this one because I have yeah. a great idea for him. Uh, so another person here who actually it was this one was hard for me because I felt like this was such a disingenuous release, uh, Lana. Uh, she's been tossed around in more storylines in the past two years than anybody else. Uh, she's a, she's a mid-carder, but she's scrappy. She works hard. She constantly is working on herself. She has been featured as uh, her husband in real life, Miro, formerly known as Rusev's manager, uh, Bobby Lashley's love interest, and part of one of the funnest tag teams to watch alongside Naomi, who needs to embrace the glow. Uh, it's clear that they had no idea how to use one of the hardest working female talents, and they allowed her to be put through tables for almost two months with no fucking payoff. Yeah. Which that that part to me makes me the most upset because all they did was have Nia Jax just kept slamming her through announcer tables. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't really feel one way or the other about Lana, but she was very hardworking and um, just big let down. I mean, they they just completely yeah. missed 
didn't even misuse her, just mistreated her. Uh, after, they quite literally after took her shit husband on her. left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do. I mean, I feel bad for how they yeah. treated her, but I don't. It's this one wasn't that big of a surprise yeah. to me. But also, she's embracing it um, on Twitter. She finally had to put out there. Oh, today for no particular reason whatsoever, I want to congratulate my husband Miro for being the TNT Championship at AEW. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so speaking of. People who weren't used very well, uh, Mr. Bud Murphy, who was just being called Murphy at the time, um, he was he's notably one of the most favorable talents in the locker room. He's known as one of the safest workers in the game, but he fell victim to the impossible storyline as a disciple of Seth Rollins, because Seth Rollins is, he's a spotlight just fiend. Like, he takes it, but he's, for good reason, he's, he's a fantastic wrestler. Um, but it's clear that he's extremely talented in the ring, but he's also great at selling his uh, his lines when he has opportunity to have the microphone. Um, he was last seen engaged in a storyline as the paramour of uh, Rey Mysterio's wonderfully beautiful daughter, uh, Aaliyah. Yeah, and they just dropped that out of nowhere yeah. and dropped him now. Yeah. Um, this one is also disappointing. I really liked his in-ring work. Uh, I thought he was getting better on the mic. Uh, he was great as the right-hand man for Seth. And yeah. Just then they had nothing for him for months. He's been on main event, I think. Um, yeah, which is, a, which is a travesty for someone like Murphy. Because you can clearly see if, you know, I don't want to be that guy, but I've been watching this since I was a little kid. And knowing bad in-ring workers from good in-ring workers, but seeing how they work, you can clearly see that Murphy takes the time to know the person he's working with. And they put on a good show. And he's extremely safe. I've seen him capture... Uh, botched moves mid-air to make yep. them safe and save his opponent. Yep. Fantastic. Um, he's he's going to be great anywhere. I think you're going to see him in New Japan. Hey, we're not booking yet. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to edit that, but... Hey, hey we're not booking yet. <laughs> Mur um, Murphy to New Japan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, sorry to see him. Uh, I mean, he, he did make a tweet, I guess, saying... Not really bad-mouthing the company, yeah. but also saying... The best is yet to come. Yeah, um, and, and I, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. yeah, I believe it for sure. Um, he's very classy because a lot of these wrestlers could have really sounded off on this because a lot of it came out of nowhere. Especially Braun Strowman, like he talked about, like he put he put up something on Twitter. Where he's like, "I'm so happy to see a lot of fans come back." And that same week, they're like, "Yeah, fuck off," and they caught him. You can be with them in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, you can buy a ticket now. Uh, speaking of buying tickets to come to shows, uh, Ms. Heidi Lovelace. More well-known as Ruby Riot, um, she's arguably one of the most well-liked talents in the locker room, has been cut. Um, she never got the true push that I believe she deserved. Um, she's a great in-ring worker. Um, I actually put in my notes here that she should have been given a volcanic push. I think that she carried the Riot squad um, with sound in-ring work. Her, her mic skills are a little you know, subpar, but nothing that would make me not want to listen to her. Um, but... She falls into the same lane as the the, the poor Iconics, uh, a skilled tag team that got a big push, got separated for no reason, and now they're both looking for work. Hopefully they find something, and I hope that uh, Heidi Lovelace, also known as Ruby Riot, finds a home because she deserves it. Yeah, whoever scoops her up will be lucky to have her. Yeah. Um, another injustice here, um, and a girl I really have a crush on, so yeah. <laughs> I hope to see her on TV uh, after the Absolutely. 90 days of yeah, well, that's all. I don't know how many of these guys have ninety day no completes. I think, well, I think they all do. All do yeah. uh, that's, that's I think um, Andrade was a rare case yeah. where he like negotiated that as part of his release. Smart man, smart man. And last but certainly not least, uh, Ms. Santana Garrett. 
Uh, she was being told that she was going to premiere on this past Friday's SmackDown only to be terminated earlier in the week. Um, we last saw her as a premier talent NXT who had a brief introduction to the big league during the Women's Royal Rumble, and she was set to become the next great contender to only have the rug pulled out from underneath her. I don't remember her from anything. Well, it's tough. I bet you if I saw her in a match, I yeah. would, but like just seeing her like yeah. headshot that they released with the press mm. release like i was like i don't know who that is she did a really good job in nxt where she was starting to she was starting to like tickle the top of everything like she was i like when you tickle the top yeah i like it uh she was doing that she she was cresting into a lot of uh contender uh matches okay i mean she was getting beat but she was like putting up she kind of reminds me of orange cassie was like, she paired with the the woman that's the champion down there now? Yeah. Okay, I do remember. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, Santana it has fantastic angering skills. Like, she's also going to be another phenomenal talent, you know, wherever she decides to go. And speaking of deciding where to go, Adam, let's play Dream Destinations for these free agents, even though I took one, Murphy, to New Japan confirmed. Oof. <laughs> Mud Murphy going to New Japan. <laughs> so, Adam... Uh, let's, Murphy let's, Bud. let's play with this real quick. Sure. Let's see here. Um, I'll throw out a name and you let me know where they're going to go. Okay. Sure. How about Ruby Riot? I would like to see her in AW. I think that's a great spot for her too, because yeah. that women's division still needs some key pieces and she could be a great addition. I was between that and impact, but I watch yeah. AEW more and I'd yeah. like to see her on TV. Well, so also I think the impact women's Green. roster is one of the strongest yeah. roster. They that's why I was between those yeah. two, I, but I think she could elevate the AEW one even so more. Too. It's all, it's on its way up now. Yeah. I could say that I don't see her going overseas, uh, to new Japan. Um, I could see her in something like beyond wrestling. I think she could do really well down there too, or CZW, um, but I think for her, AEW would be a great signing because I think she could be a good coach and I think she could be a great talent on TV too. Um, how about Alistair Black? Um, I don't want to say AEW for everybody, but I wouldn't be mad if he was there, but I think you'll see him go to New Japan. I think you will too. Uh, I think realistically you see New Japan because they let you kind of do, much like AEW, you could do whatever you want. And his strike-heavy style would be so good in... Pairs very well, because they're very engaged with the, the open-hand palm strikes and stuff, and that's Alistair Black has that hybrid Muay Thai approach. Right. Um, you know what I... Like, fantasy, though? Dark Order. Okay. Dark Order. <laughs> I was going to go Alistair Black to UFC confirmed. <laughs> no, he would definitely go the CM Punk route then. I think he gets his head kicked in. But I think Alistair Black, I could I could see him bringing the Dark Father persona, tweaking it, and kind of being a, a welcome successor to Brody Lee. He wouldn't be a replacement, but I think he could take the Dark Order back towards the heel side of things. I was going to say, you'd, you have to start weaning them into a more serious role. Yeah. Because they're... 100% comedy at the moment. Right. And I think what you're, if you could see him coming in at the same time that Anna Jay comes back from her uh, her injury and surgery and bringing that all together and making them vicious again and then finally like putting them against the pinnacle. You know what I mean? That would be a I'd cool like storyline. Um, but realistically, that's just me being fantasy booker. Realis New Japan seems to be the best place for him. Um, how about 
Murphy's already going to Japan, so we don't need to cover that one. I'm going to be right. Yeah, I, yeah. I completely agree with that. <laughs> if they don't have something for him for some reason, I could see him going to Impact. But yeah, um, Impact would be a great place for yeah. him too. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Impact, because this is my guess for him, Braun Strowman. Nah, man. I think I think it's why I didn't say Aleister Black to AEW. I think Braun Strowman's going to AEW. You think they need a big man? They need a big hoss. Big old like hoss. A big, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to see him side by side, mm. but I think he would make. Archer looks small. He would. Yeah. So I I'm think like, so. you have the biggest, big, like you have your modern day big show right yeah. here. He's right there. And yeah. he, he's so fucking strong. Um, here's my, here's my pitch to you. So let's say your impact head office right now. And I'm, I'm going to look you dead in your eyes and say, you have Morrissey right now. He's the anti corporate guy. He's talking to you about how much there, like how much of there's bullshit in this company that no one can be trusted who better to pair with him as a big man than Braun Strowman to come in and say, yeah, this company is bullshit. Let's take this place over. That's pretty cool. And it could be like the new age, like bludgeon brothers kind of thing. Like just too oh, big. They're going to shop at Hot Topic. They are. They're going to have all kinds of spiky jewelry. And, but I could, I'd love to see, you know who I'd like to see him against in TNA yeah. or impact. It's not impact. same thing. Uh, <laughs> Moose. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, if we're fantasy booking it, I mean, Grant, and I'll say this too before we move on to the next thing here. Uh, good luck to all of these wrestlers. Yeah. All these wrestlers, despite the fact where they were in the card, they're all very skilled. Wait, you we're not going to say where Lana's going? Lana's going through tables. No. She's going <laughs> to be next to Miro in, a, in three months. Yeah, I think so too. She's definitely going to go there. I don't see anything else for her, no. sadly. No, I don't either. Um, I think Santana Garrett is going to go on the indie, indie route. I think she's going to be an indie star for a while. I think you'll eventually see her pop up in AEW or Impact at some yeah. point. I think she's going to get some dark matches yeah. all over the place, and she'll pop up. And, I, and I'm and i very excited to see what all these wrestlers can do. You don't get to get into the most premier – because let's not argue that. Can we just say WWE and subsequently NXT is the pinnacle of wrestling? So when you get there, like, you can't be a slouch. Um, so they're, these are all very skilled wrestlers. And also, too, we don't subscribe to the, like the, oh, you're picking up WWE's trash. These are performers. These are employees. Where they go, I'm going to celebrate them. And these were highly skilled. I mean, yeah. the majority of these people were highly skilled yeah. and should be highly sought after. Absolutely. Um, and I wish them nothing but the best. Uh, but speaking of significant signs. I was going to say, I have a question for you. Yeah. Where did you see Andrade go? <laughs> <laughs> Well, first I saw him going to Nashion Lochadore, but now, uh, as of last night, Vicky Guerrero, excuse me, escuchame, escuchame, brought out one of my favorite wrestlers, Andrade. He came out, cut a two-minute promo, nothing crazy. I wanted to be the face of the Luchadors, but now I'm going to be the face of AEW. Yep. Looking sharper than a freshly pressed tack. Confidence on the mic. Looking in great shape. He just got done suplexing Ric Flair into the pool. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. That was incredible. Uh, awesome. And Ric Flair selling it in the pool was cool too. Yeah. Ah! Oh my God. <laughs> Andrade signing with AEW is the coolest thing that could have happened post-pandemic wrestling. Because you, you already have him in triple a and he wants to fight kenny omega for the triple a belt right but now i think this puts him into the running for the AEW. i was just belt. gonna pose that question to you yeah no joke i was gonna say so what title is he going for i think I th you know what you got it i mean yeah. i am not usually for bringing the new guy put him put him 
But this is with it. With the champion, but this is the one this you do. This is it. Um, I think... Until CM Punk shows up. And I think takes, next week. Yeah, next week. Well, I'll tell you what, man. The rumors are flying right now for All Out in Chicago. I mean... Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is flying around right now. And, of course, like I think every AEW card, there's some kind of rumor for CM Punk. But I think this one has more of a, a substance bout to it because it's in Chicago. And there just feels like there's a gap in the roster... You know, right now, like there's right. Just, uh, that over the top talent, um, but Andrade really uh, scratches that itch, man. I think you're gonna see Andrade do some really cool stuff, and I think you're gonna see him take on Kenny Omega for the AEW Championship. But I think you're gonna see it after he beats Omega for the AAA Championship. He's gonna do like, I took one belt for you, bro. I take another I one. Think, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. I would. I like that build. Sadly, though, that's gonna push Hangman's title back maybe to full gear but i'm a, that's, yeah that's fine well i think too if we can push it to full gear but i think um well what better way to do this too like andrade can win the triple a championship and then lose in the aw championship but i tell you the one thing i don't want to see happen here i don't want to see another triple threat match with i don't want to see andrade page and omega in a triple threat no 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 those men those both need to be just they singles deserve singles yeah, and the cool thing about Triple A too, if people who don't know this, if you don't watch Triple A, it's free on YouTube. Right. It's always free on YouTube. So um I can't remember the date. I think it's August, early August. Um Yeah. Yeah, it's in August. Okay, yeah. So yeah, w- check it out. It's gonna be on YouTube. It's gonna be an incredible card, um, but it's gonna be highlighted by Andrade going against um Omega. So just to close up this little Yeah. Uh the layoffs and the movement and everything. Um, and we brought up CM Punk, so yeah. I, I I vigorously tweet um, searched for his tweet he released about these layoffs. Oh yeah, did you see it yet? I can read it real. quick. Oh yeah, uh, Adam, if you didn't see, I posted it. Oh son of a bitch. on our social media. Well, nope, I didn't. I'm I a bad, bad. Out, never baby. mind. I got scooped. <laughs> anyway, it was good. Go check out our social media yeah. and read it for check yourself. Check us out to KNWTV. Oh man, I got scooped again. I got scooped. Somebody's been drinking a couple too many beers. I say someone was working last <laughs> night. Someone was drinking. But <laughs> did you just post it last night? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely didn't. See it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, without without being so accurate to it, he said uh, WWE's like a movie with a blockbuster budget and a blockbuster set of talent, but uh, it's written by a bunch of nincompoops. But people will still watch it because people love movies. Because it's a movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I can't agree with that more. That's a perfect way to say it. I mean, it's it, WWE is kind of one of those things where it's kind of too big to fail. But did you also hear too where they're thinking that like. Vince McMahon's gearing up to sell? Yes. Actually, I meant to bring that up uh, when we were talking about Braun Strowman. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of this is looking like he's making the expense side of the balance sheet look lean. Yeah. Um, so they can sell it. I mean, I've heard NBC, of course, because they're on Peacock yeah. now. I've heard stuff as crazy as Disney buying it. Yeah, so, I heard the Disney one. Yeah. yeah, I heard Disney a lot. And I will tell you right now, if you want to see an agonizing death to that organization let disney buy it check our social media that week because you will see me breaking my mic microphone stand yeah. computer everything's getting broke i'm gonna yeah. have to buy all new stuff we're gonna have to I'll take know. a I, I, uh, we'll have to take a break from the podcast oh to get all of our gosh. equipment re-upped <laughs> so uh, i will shoot wwe like bambi's mother immediately <laughs> mother? so speaking of uh shooting storylines in the face how about adam cole return to nxt to possibly cause what i like to call a meat cart 
of a main event. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you guys didn't watch on June 1st of NXT, uh, it opened up with a triple threat match again, number one contender for uh, the incredible champion, Karrion Cross, who to me is phenomenal champion, fighting champion, um, just great. But they're trying to find out the number one contender for NXT in your house on June 13th, which is next week. So we looked at uh, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, Dune? Dunn? Dunn. Dunn. Pete Dunn. Sorry, Dunn. Uh, and then Kyle O'Reilly, who I love. I love Kyle O'Reilly. You got two. You got, well, you got three of my favorite wrestlers in this. Adam Cole, yeah. Pete Dunn, and Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're looking at some of the top performers in NXT. So as they're working through a who's great. Gonna be, who's going to be on the rest of this card? I know. Right? They, they threw them all in one match. The whole fucking, yeah, the whole uh, back rooms Although in this Although I one. do, I love me some Bronson Reed. The yeah. big uh, New yes. Zealander guy. Jesus, oh. man. I like the heat, like that front flip he does out of the ring and then just stands in front of you like, I'm going to murder everything. And doesn't talk. Love him. Yeah. He, he's my guy too. Karrion Cross and him, if they had a tag team, I would never watch another card. Um, but these, the three skilled technicians I, we just spoke about, Gargano, Dunn, and O'Reilly were going through a hell of a triple threat match. It was a kind of by the books match until you heard almost like the night before Christmas, along came a clatter. Adam called the chair to fuck up this matter. It was slamming into everything that moved, <laughs> including plexiglass. I mean, Adam Cole required the entire back room of security to come out with uh, Regal to try to get him out of the ring. He finally followed suit, but I think this could actually lead us to see these five men in a ring competing for NXT I don't gold. Know the last time I've seen a fatal five way. I know yeah. sometime in the attitude era it had to have been. Oh yeah, it was definitely there cuz the storylines were audacious. Yeah. But I think um wow, what a championship match that could be. And and honestly, that's the best way too if you want Karrion Cross to lose the belt to go up to the main roster, which I think is what they're trying to push. Um and Scott well, he'll be released next year. Yeah, and then Scarlett Bedreau will be by herself for a couple couple months until she gets put through tables for two months by Nia Jax. Fucking idiots. Uh, but carrying across the AEW twenty twenty. Yeah, uh, I can't wait to see you guys. I can't wait to see you take on uh, Ethan Page for the AEW Championship, Carrion. Um, Dude, him versus uh, Murderhawk Monster. Oh, phenomenal Archer. Oh. Yeah, you know, for the next episode, we should play fantasy booking. Okay, okay, I'm done with that. That's what we're gonna do in the next one. Uh, so, because yeah, I don't think there's any shows, this, any pay per view shows. This no, time. no pay per view shows. But, but so something I learned from this Adam Cole thing. Yeah, he hasn't won a singles match. Yeah. all year, and now he's in a title match. I'm gonna get that promotion at work, y'all. I'm bringing a steel chair. I'm just hitting everything. Yep, absolutely. Until, Give me a race. Give me a race. Yeah. <laughs> I actually went out to Lowe's the other day and I bought a steel chair. Oh, because so, we're, we're allowed to go back to the office starting next week. Papa's going in with the chair. Yes. <laughs> So, speaking of the news and in-ring returns, this one was kind of weird for me to see. Um, I didn't think it was going to happen, but uh, Alberto, Alberto Del Rio. Alberto. Alberto Del Rio, known now as what? Alberto Alberto El Patron. Yes. Okay. Um, he had his trial postponed to August 2nd of 2021 for aggravated kidnapping and sexual assault. With uh, respect to the victim, a former romantic partner of Patron. 
uh, with this postponement, El Patron is now free to wrestle Andrade, who we just spoke about, for the promotion uh, Nation Lucha Libre on July 31st of 2021. Yeah, so this will, I mean... Great organization. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they're doing bringing Patron. I don't know either. They don't man. need him. That's a hot button. But, Nobody should be touching this guy. But I think at this point, you know, Andrade, Andrade needed an opponent, and I think this is. I think if Andrade had a, a choice, he wouldn't have done it. But the promotion's doing what they want to do. Um, but to go into so if, if I'm if, sure him and Andrade have like real life history, probably like, they might be friends. I hope they're not though, and I hope Andrade just Steps smears him. his nose over, all over his face. I don't know, man. Alberto is fucking brawly, dude. He's ripped. Yeah, he is. Because he was an MMA... Well, yeah. not very successful. Not but successful, an MMA but he, uh, built to, he built the train as one. And he's just... Yeah. He's yoked. I think he had some wins. He did. He had a couple. He's no slouch. Uh, he also, but he is an asshole. And he also clearly has an anger problem because... Right. Uh, He's alleged to have committed a 16-hour fit of torture in September of 2020 where he acu- the accused victim of the uh, – I'm sorry. He accused his former uh, paramour and victim of infidelity, which she adamantly denied. From there, Alberto tied her up, struck her several times, sexually assaulted her, and threatened to kidnap her son and leave him, and I quote, in the middle of the road somewhere. Um, I don't know, man. You're looking at someone like um, uh, Tessa, Tessa Blanchard. Who right. can't get signed because she made some... I mean, she made some shitty statements. Yeah, yeah she's a piece of shit, too. She's a piece of shit. Not this she, shitty. But she can't get signed. Right. And this dude's about to wrestle one of the most premier talents in the world. Um, this... Uh, Sounds like Tessa needs to talk to NLL. Yeah, man. <laughs> apparently, you can get signed over there. Um, you should know, though, Adam, that if, if El Patron is found guilty, he could face up to life imprisonment. Good. Yeah. I and mean, I think he should. If these are things that he's actually done... I mean, he's... He, there's also been allegations of him doing the same thing with Paige, yeah, uh, former diva right. of and women's wrestler of WWE, yeah, and uh, so yeah, it's not like this is out of nowhere. This seems no. to be his character trait. This seems to be something that he he partakes in, and of course, we're speaking of allegations, right? So, and I'll tell you this right now: if we find out that he didn't do any of this, I'll get back on this podcast and I'll say I'm wrong and I'll apologize and I'll eat a bunch of crow pie. But he's still a shitty wrestler. He's still a shitty wrestler, <laughs> and I think. He, you know, when he tried to be the uh, his- an allegedly shitty person, yeah, allegedly shitty person. And, but you know what? If you're if you're wrong, you're wrong. You do you fit the punishment. But if you're right, um, I'll get on here and apologize to you. Maybe I'll even buy you a beer. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of dickheads, uh, this is my dick move of the week. <laughs> so uh, we spoke earlier about double or nothing, and I think Adam and I both referenced how much we enjoyed the women's championship match. Um, and of course, there's only two in that match, and one of them being the ultra talented Britt Baker. So the WWE decided, uh, mere hours before Double or Nothing hit, to put out a media presser on social media where they featured a squash match between Nia Jax and Britt Baker in 2016. So if you didn't know anything about Britt Baker prior to what she did in AEW, she did wrestle in multiple promotions, but most notably, she was in WWE in 2016 and 2018. Where a she, cup of coffee in the big time. Cup of coffee in the big time. And she was used as creamer to that coffee because she was squashed and uses dark talent. Um, so they showed Nia Jax basically throwing Brit down with an overhead slam and then landing her big leg drop on Brit and getting her with a pin, a very weak pin too, by the way. It was like a hand on the chest. You know, very, very Chris Jericho-esque, if I could. Yes. Um, 
But I would like to say that the joke's on them because Nia Jax is now a comedy asshole that slips on water because Mandy Sachs says so. Literally, her asshole was the comedy. Yes. And you're screaming my hole into the camera because you took a you took a hit on the apron while Britt Baker just beat one of the top women talents in the world and she's holding one of the most coveted belts in the world. So WWE, you win our dickhead move of the week. Praise be to Pittsburgh Pride, Britt Baker. I have a, I have a big question about this. Yeah, what's Adam Cole think of all this? Yeah, to good lord. <laughs> She fell down and got hit with a flying elbow. It's not a flying elbow. What is it? A leg drop. No, not she... Michael Cole. Oh. Adam Cole, who's dating Britt Baker, who works for WWE. Sorry, I was making fun of Michael Cole because yeah. he sucks. Yeah, he sucks. Uh, I think, you know. He sucks out loud. How much is his contract worth? Let's yeah. get rid of him. Why couldn't he get cut? I mean. Let's do vintage Michael Cole and cut him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So well, maybe maybe somebody I hate worse than Kenny Omega in wrestling right there. Michael Cole? Maybe. Uh, so if you had to pick between – you had to pick one of these guys, and you had to pick Michael Cole or um, – Kenny Omega. Not Kenny Omega. No. Uh, the announcer for um, – oh, Excalibur. Excalibur. So you had to pick oh, Michael Cole or Excalibur, oh. and they had to call. So they ha- one of them has to call – the card we just watched, double or nothing. You have to pick one of them. Who are you going to pick? Oh, well, Excalibur, because he didn't do – I mean, he was – irritating but he wasn't as bad as michael cole during a wwe show i would and i think excalibur's young and could get better michael cole has always sucked he's always been terrible at least excalibur knows the names of the moves (laughs) (laughs) that was an elbow drop no that's even at this point even the names of the wrestlers because michael cole seems to be forgetting that quite often. yeah why did that start happening And when was that acceptable? Well, isn't there like a thing in the background that says you have to know these things and don't say these things right yeah michael cole's like yeah the mcmanisms oh yeah that could be the next dick move of the week. Oy. So, uh, moving away from things that are dickheaded into things that you should love to enjoy. I love beer. I do, too. And you should know that Adam continues to bring you some of the best beers in the Berg. While we were sipping on one ourselves here, don't forget that while we do make this phenomenal podcast, we also put our minds together and make some of the best beers that you can get your hands on. So, Adam, if you could, please... Let the people know what's on tap. Yeah, sure. Uh, we have the Jojinator, uh Orange Blossom Double Honey IPA still on tap and available in bottles. We have our Pilsner, which is not long for this world. It's nope. it's it's heading off. It's a hoppy Pilsner at five point eight percent. It'll it'll be gone this week. Um, available in bottles. Probably not going to be on tap much longer. Yeah, it's got to make way for for what I'm going to tell you about in a second. Uh, then we have Mom Jeans on tap number three. That one's still rolling strong. Uh, come grab some up. And in the fourth spot, we have Retired Triple Agent, mm-hmm. our Jalapeno Pineapple Triple R.I.P. Connell. R.I.P. Yeah. Connell. Which went really well in week one. Yes. But we still have a second keg. Um, so Yeah, get your hands on it. Ask about us. Yeah. Ask about them. Um, the, the secret one coming up, though, uh, releasing next week, if everything goes perfectly, will be Dad Shoes, our Lemon Shandy Blonde. Um, it's our attack online in Kugel's Lemon Shandy. It is better. Um, so come Hands get some. It's going to be ready a week before Father's Day. Come yes. get some. If you're a dad, come get some for yourself. If you're not, come get some for your dad. Um, yeah, they will not be disappointed. It's a Father's Day joy. Yeah. It's a great summer sipper. It's coming in at like 5 I think it's 5.5%. I was going to say, yeah, 55 So uh, it fermented really well. I just have to lemon it up and get it in some kegs yeah. uh, probably Monday or Tuesday. So 
yeah, come hit us up. Um, in addition, I would like to make an announcement about some beer fests that yes. we have already confirmed. We will be doing uh, brews, well, beers and bruises, or brews and bruises. Brews and bruises. Brews and bruises. Thank you, Matt. That's on, what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> on September. Riddell. <laughs> on September 18th. Um, that'll be at the Green Tree Sportsplex. Get your tickets. Tickets are on sale now, Matt. I Tick- know you've been looking into it. Tickets are on sale, and you can get VIP general admission or early entry. And I think the cheapest tickets come in at forty, and the VIPs—I don't know what they are—but you get a lot of perks with that yeah. one. You got to slap the silver pint glass out of my mouth because I'm just yeah. serving, so I don't. Uh, it's, and that's. But buy tickets, please. Please, because it will sell. Yeah, out. Yeah, it, it's gonna sell out. It's one of the uh, first big yeah. brew fests in Pittsburgh to come back. And I'm bringing a bunch of. uh, DWTB swag too. I got some, uh, I'm going to say I got some koozies. I got some stickers. I'm going to be selling super kicks for $5. So come on down and you can uh, try to try your best to do a Shawn Michaels impression on me for $5. Yeah. Then the very next day we will be out at the Greensburg homebrew and show event. Yeah. uh, Sunday, May 19th. I want to say I'm forgetting my dates right now, but it is the Sunday after the uh, bruise and bruises. Um, We will be bringing, Similar beer uh, to both events, so if you can make it to one and not the other, that's okay. If you want to make it to both, that's fine, too. Um, But, yeah, we will also have some Decaying with the Boys swag out in Greensburg. That is at the All Saints Brewery uh, in their back parking lot. Yeah, and if you haven't been to Great time every year, and we are the defending champs. Yes. Uh, After a vacant year, um, we won with the Pumpkin Roll two years ago. It will not be making a return this year, just out of fairness. Uh, We will be bringing that to maybe another festival. Yeah. Uh, on November 6th. Yes. This is what I'm very excited about. There is, uh, Fueled by Hops is putting on the Drink the Cookie Table uh, Beer Fest. Yes. Formerly known as uh, Yin's Fest. Yes. It's been reassigned and renamed. Yeah. So, um, that will be at Spirit in Lawrenceville. So. Which is such a cool venue. The Spirit is such a cool venue. Come down a little inside peek for those of you who might not belong to Fueled by Hops. Join up. Um, but the thing about Drink the Cookie Table is... Every brewery that's invited is near guaranteed, if everything goes well, to at least bring one dessert beer. Yes. Um, And I hear there's going to be some, like, bakery pairings with some breweries locally and stuff like that. We will be bringing two dessert beers, including the pumpkin roll. Um, That is the one we are confirmed with. Our second one. Up in the air. uh, Up in the air. I got two ideas I'm pitching between, and they're both huge hits. Um, So, yeah, that's it. So, uh, September... 18th september 19th and november 6th get your tickets when they go on sale uh we will be hyping these uh you know off and on uh through the weeks and every week when we get close to them so if you forget we'll remind you and also too if you don't remember what's happening with these festivals please do not forget to follow adam on all of his social media at bash underscore brew on everything uh, that includes Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And do not forget to follow him on Untapped because we are constantly pushing out some of the best brews in the Berg. Also, too, another big shout out to Necromancer Brewing. Uh, we actually ended up drinking another beer here, too, while we were chatting the She Knows Beer. Yeah, the She Knows Beer I mentioned at the top yeah. that they did with oh, Trace. Fantastic. Thank and the you. Diversity Council. Yeah, thank you so much for that beer. Uh, so if you want to find out what's happening with Necromancer, please search them out on, all. I think, all social media. Yeah. Uh, ne- ne- Necromancer Brewing Company. There you go. Necromancer Brewing Company. Um, see what they have going on. Very skilled brewers over there, and they're very friendly. And one more note. I know we mentioned last week about a possible tailgate on July 3rd. Yes. Uh, 
Pittsburgh still has a ban on tailgating. Uh, so if that's not lifted by July 3rd, just keep posted to our socials and this podcast. We will let you know about any alternative locations. Yes. We will be serving samples somewhere in the city on July 3rd. We are going to make it happen. Um, but just not sure if it's going to be the parking lot at PNC Park yet. We'll see what happens. I hope it'll be the PNC parking lot because it'd be, it'd be a cool party to then not go to the Pirates game. Um, and then, too, if you want to know what's happening here with Decaying with the Boys, all you have to do is follow us at DecayingWTB on all social media. That includes Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And please send in your listener emails, questions, and whatevs to DecayingWTB at gmail.com. Uh, thank you again for following us and listening. And until next time, cheers. Cheers. Always follow Proto.